manner. Oh, I'm feeling emotional and tired and just confused in general. But welcome to Tip Manor Podcast. We are going to Wembley. Hen- that's meant to like be reacted with some yays and stuff, but we don't really prep this stuff very well. Do we? <laughs> <laughs> Come on! For God's sake. We're all as tired and emotional as you are. Oh. I, don't, I never get any help with the intros. I'm just it's gotta, because... It's I'm because really you, always, you know you always you always set thing. it up for one of those you always set it up for one of those jingles that's why and we don't say anything because you, you play a jingle and no one Let's wants to hear the bloody who wants to be a millionaire jingle <laughs> you just played episode. it before we started yeah that's true the, the <laughs> listeners don't need to know that um, right that what a horrendous experience that was <laughs> for 120 minutes plus. Um, but yeah, incredible stuff. Before I, be- I guess before we go on to the game, it's worth mentioning a couple of things. Um, really, really good work from Oxfox and a few of the volunteers. I think um, Simon from the other pod got involved as well um, to set up all the flags and the displays and obviously people helping out with getting all the various cardboard cutouts up there. I think we've officially done our first bit of paid, whilst we're, we're helping the club at the same time, but some paid for advertising for Tutmana podcast featuring Banana Man on one of those cutouts. I was yeah. delighted. Where was he sat? What? Who was he sat amongst? He was on the right side of uh, the Jim Smith stand, if you sat in it, and um, he was dominating. I mean, he's a, he's a left-sider, as in if you're looking at it, he was on the right. No, as in the other, as you were looking at it, he's on the left-hand side. Oh, so he's a right-sider. Yeah, but he was... um upstage by David Beckham, which was really just poor form from Sky Sports, really. He was getting a lot of love pre-game, Banana Man, but faded through the uh, official coverage. Did he get Did he get any coverage pre-game? Was it just on Twitter and stuff? Just on social media and stuff, but the club certainly picked, picked him out a few times. And then, um, yeah, the broadcasters thought, let's go with a picture of David Beckham that's 15 years old in an Oxford shirt that's 15 years old. I'm not annoyed about it or anything, it's fine. it's fine everything's fine let's move on no it obviously was great i was really surprised with how many um cutouts there actually were it looked looked really good i think it did hopefully they all go to wembley and and the flags are going to to wembley rocks going to try which is another brilliant move so um hopefully we can get that same sense again yeah. Um, shout out to Paul from Oxfox, actually, who, John, you posted the Yorkshire Yellows flag to him, didn't didn't you? And he's taken it, put it up, probably going to take it on to Wembley, as you say. So cheers, Paul. Yeah, absolutely. Um, predictions. I don't, we, we asked the question again. People seemed a lot more optimistic this time because I think you have to be when it's kind of the second round. You can be a bit more conservative with the initial fixture, I guess. But um, there was a 4-0 in there, Taylor Hattrick, a 2-1. There was various other home wins. Um, not many draws called out, but I was thinking it was going to be a nil-nil and go to penalties, and I thought we would end up losing. And I was start, you know, I've been feeling just sick for the last day or two thinking about it. But did you guys have any premonitions before the game, Ben? Um, I wasn't surprised by penalties. I think the teams all year had been so close; it would take either a mistake or a, a worldie to make the difference between the two 
Um, the draw at all didn't surprise me. And as soon as we went into extra time, I think we were we would have. Well, I, even though I don't agree with it, I think we were playing for penalties. I mean, basically, yeah. they've scored. We've scored eight more goals than them. And otherwise, it's identical in terms of points, games won, games drawn, games lost between us and Portsmouth. So, you know, talk about can't separate two teams. No, it's a bit like Sunderland, isn't it? We always have one-all draws with them, it seems. Um, what about the lineup, Jack, when you saw that come out? What were the things that stood out to you? Uh, well, following our discussion on Friday, we I think most of us would have been happy to see Sykes starting over Woodburn. I think the surprise was uh, Mr. Mackey being involved. Um, seemingly, KR hinted that Matty Taylor had said to him yesterday in training that he didn't think he could play 90 minutes. Um, so I guess it makes sense, but it did change um, our kind of style a little bit, um, not for the better. Yeah, Sykes was kind of interchanging with Henry and there was a lot of kind of merging of players and positions and stuff, apart from... Mackie and then Connor Mackie seemed pretty isolated, didn't he? Especially in that the first half that we were kind of punting the ball, skipping through midfield and just trying to hit him. Yeah, I mean the it kind of it kind of looked a little bit like how Taylor was in the first leg, just really isolated up at, at the top of the pitch. And also, I think I mean I, I don't want to start slating Mackie, but I mean, I'm going to say a few things. His his first touches are are nothing compared to what Taylor has. You know that hold up play, even though Taylor's smaller than him. Um, Mackie doesn't really offer that um, and I think again today he had a few trampoline foot, foot touches and the ball kind of ran away from him um, but again I think if, if anything I actually think KR played it quite smart because if Taylor was obviously have, you know dealing with a knock and he wasn't fit to play a 90 then I think it was best to start Mackie and then bring Taylor on rather than obviously starting him and then bringing him off so I think in terms of the decision making yeah. Um, he, he played that quite well. And obviously Taylor, when he did come on, was was brilliant. Didn't even look like he yeah. was carrying a knock. Yeah, he, 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 he was really involved and he definitely maintained his kind of fitness throughout the game and then into extra time when he came on as well. I did think Mackie had one, there was one moment where, I guess really early on, it was probably our best yeah. chance yeah. of the game, wasn't it? Where a knee bit of work down the right, he was kind of played in. Um, he could have actually played a ball over, I forget who was running in on the left. Maybe I'm going to assume it was Brown. I, I don't remember. Um, but he obviously had a go, decent save from the keeper. But it was pretty. It was more than a half chance, I think. And um, yeah, other than Taylor's effort in the second half that was blocked, I couldn't remember too much. Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree with Mackie. I think he had one moment where he kind of brought in. It was a nice touch, and he kind of played it infield to Brown to run onto, and that's the only point where I remember his hold up kind of sticking I guess um but you know like you said I think that had to be the game plan if Taylor wasn't wasn't fit um Jack I'm just thinking you there was some um analysis done by I think I'm not sure who it was on Twitter but it, it was very in-depth and it was talking about uh Woodburn and and Sam Long from the last game um but it had it basically objectively put a lot of pressure on Woodburn, didn't it, in terms of him really not helping with the balance of the team? And do you think that, do you think KR's reading that stuff or do you think he's making up his own mind? Uh, to be fair, I think it was probably clear for most people to see because we commented on it quite a lot, obviously, during the game on Friday and in the build up to today. But um, the, yeah, the, 
the analysis essentially showed Woodburn's average position in the first leg was amongst the front three, which just meant there was a massive hole on the right-hand side and then Sam Long. And because Josh Ruffles tends to push forward, we essentially were playing with a back three and one wing-back. Um, yeah. But it t- today it, it was fixed, although I thought Portsmouth with two out-and-out wingers actually gave us a bit of trouble but actually probably more through Williams than Curtis today, our friend Curtis. Yeah, it was weird. It was weird, wasn't it, though? Everything, John, came down... It was kind of the opposite of the last game in that everything was going down Ruffles's side via Williams, and that was just a theme throughout the whole game, and it seemed like there was a imbalance in the team in a way, or at least an Im- imbalance in the, in the play. Yeah, they were... I think they were compacting more on that side, and that was probably helped by the fact Sykes and Henry were sort of overlapping and switching quite a bit. And Brannigan, probably after the first 20, seemed to be getting, or sorry, even sort of early stages of the game, seemed to be getting forward a bit more into the place he probably needs to be. But I think that meant that it was just Gorin trying to get over to cover the, the left-hand side. And Brown was a bit sort of, I think he didn't particularly keep the shape that well either. Um, so I think it was a case of just not getting the balance right in that first first half because we were trying to do something to counter their system that was working a lot better than us they were pressing us pretty well and playing quite consistent their two in the middle were just dominating and it was I think we were just trying to find a way to change it it was sort of we've seen it quite a few times against the better teams they just know what to do against us it's worth calling out that Sam Long um after a tough first first game um obviously was getting there was a lot of feedback on him as to whether or not he should be starting, whether Ford should come in. I don't think any of us think Ford's going to be, you know, he's not necessarily a natural right back. He's never going to be the best defensively. So I never really saw that as being an option. Um, if you take kind of like the emotion out of it, that something should change. And to be fair to Long, uh, he got a yellow card pretty early on, didn't he? And he managed to keep Curtis quiet and that absolute tool um, had a really poor game as a result of it. So fair play, Sam Long. Ben, do you do you share that? Yeah, I do. I think it. You know, a few years ago, if he was in this position, he might have have taken all that pressure on him. And yeah, like you said, got the second booking quite early on, and that would have been the game gone realistically. But yeah, um, I'm just trying to think how many different words we can use to describe you know who. It's almost the new thou shall not be named. Um, but yeah, he, he kept him well under control all game. He did his usual stuff. Well, I say usual, we've seen it twice now, so I assume it's every game of complaining, even if they got given the foul, complaining when they didn't <laughs> get the foul, just falling on the floor generally. Um, but apart from Curtis, I thought, as John said, first half, they played very well, Portsmouth. They got their tactics spot on again, dominate the first half an hour, and we needed to concede a goal to kick some life into us, which we've really got to do better at. At a higher level, that's, that's going to get punished consistently. I don't yeah. know if it's just because of, you know, this is like that pre-season feel we've had a long break, but we've really got to start stamping that out of our game. Um, yeah, they took the lead and then very similar to the last fixture, I, I guess Pompey fans, and they were saying, I looked at a lot of the reaction on Twitter because I'm mean like that and I like seeing people suffer sometimes. And um, But I was, I was curious to, say, to see what they were saying and their main gripe was over the two legs, taking the lead and really, really quickly, obviously conceding it. Um this was a bit of a weird goal, wasn't it, Connor? Oh, all I can say is thank God for goal line technology. 
Yeah, because how that weird was is that? So close, wasn't it? It's unbelievable how close that was from, you know, not going in. Um, and also, it's it's strange because we obviously we were all in a Zoom call. A lot of us um, during the game, we were talking to each other, and, and we got a corner, and we all did our you know the standard Oxford United thing with we never score from corners, you know. Uh, yeah. What's the point of even getting excited? And then it, it you know it it went over the line, but initially none of us knew what happened. We were just like, what is it gone? And then obviously the referee blew his whistle and, and pointed towards the, pen, um, the um, halfway line and, and, and it was in. And then when we watched the replay, it's just really poor communication between the goalkeeper and um, the, the other lad who ended up scoring the own goal, I think, wasn't it? Harrison, yeah. Name. It was Harrison, that was it, yeah. Um, but like I say, great corner right on top of the keeper. And I think actually it might have knocked his confidence a little bit because uh, he looked a little bit a little bit um, shaky on a few, on a few yeah. deliveries. He had a bit of a go in the first first game, didn't he, James Henry? I remember him kind of laughing to himself mm. as he kind of whipped whipped a couple of them. In, well, it's but... yeah, it was funny because the the um, I say the Fleetwood and and um, Wickham game, the first leg, they scored directly from a corner, and it's quite strange. I mean, two playoff games, you've had some really dodgy corner goals, but um, I'll take it. And... I mean, it was a, it was a perfect time to score as well, wasn't it? Let's be honest, right before half time, before I imagine. Uh, I mean, to be honest with you, they probably had a bollock in anyway because they weren't playing particularly well in the first half and, and that goal was really kind of got us out of jail, didn't it? Yeah. John, were you going to say something? I was going to say in relation to the point about corners, Henry said after the game and he was laughing during his interview, during the after the first leg that he, he basically misjudged the wind and just that was one of the reasons his corners were so were so poor. And um, But that was just um, utterly bizarre. Um, a friend of mine who shares the same surname as... Ellis Harrison messaged me going like, "Fate gotta be," and I'm trying to take credit for it. Which was, I mean, a bit of a random. It, one. Do, it does feel a bit like fate that uh, such yeah. a big goal, you know, that that goal would go in and a goal would be decided by goal line technology for the first time in League One. I'm guessing. So, it's crazy stuff. Yeah, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad that was implemented. And and also, I mean, I know I say it now because that was such a fine margin, but. It should be implemented at this level of football. You know, goal line technology should be at all levels, as in in the in the, uh, the pyramid. Anyway. Yeah, it's a very important uh, piece of technology. What about um, Jack? Standout performances from you? I, this is quite maybe it's quite that's quite difficult. But defensively, we're pretty strong. There's not it was similar to the first game. It was just a bit of a shit game. Um, yeah. Any any neutral watching. If they watched both of those matches, uh, devastated that they've spent all that time watching it, and any Oxford fan is extremely stressed and emo- emotional, and Portsmouth fans are emotional, but in a worse way. Yeah, it was one of them, wasn't it? No one, there wasn't a standout performer as such. Um, I thought Aji looked really good when he came on, added a bit more directness to our play, a bit of pace, put them on the back foot a little bit, which we hadn't had because Marcus Brown was a bit off it today. Um, interestingly, we were all kind of saying is Brannigan fit because he looked a bit off the pace, and we, I, yeah. I know I was touch concerned about him taking a penalty, but he was pretty calm. Um, there was a couple of moments with Brannigan where, especially in the second half, and I get that people may be tired at that point, but I think there was about fifteen, ten, fifteen minutes left. We won the ball on the right, and there was such a massive gap in the middle of the park to basically run into and then make a big deal about calling for the ball. And he kind of stepped backwards instead. So I think he must have been absolutely 
gone but i'm mega impressed that he's made it through the 120 minutes especially at half time we were saying he's probably going to have to come off yeah he t- to get to get through it showed the kind of passion he's got as well he's one of those players that kind of plays on empty um just to get himself through and one thing i did want to say was wasn't it ballsy by KR to put two players on in the last minute, both to take penalties? <laughs> and it, it came off. But oh. equally, equally, we could be sat here going, why did he bring them on and their first touch was a penalty? But good pens all around our five, actually. In- incredible yeah. stuff. I think when, because we were on the Zoom call and we were slightly out of sync, so all of us had to stop listening and seeing each other just so we could kind of go through the stress in isolation. But when when Woodburn stepped up for that first penalty, I think you know oh, we were all kind of I was just thinking, it. yeah, because I just felt I felt so bad for the guy. He's had yes, he's had a bit of a tough time, you know, injured for the the latter half of the season. Um, just yeah, gets quite a lot of stick. There, Some, there were a lot of knowing us. knowing smiles between us, thinking, here we go. <laughs> exactly. The, the, yeah. the horror the horror story is about to unfold and. We all want every player to play for Oxford to do well, but obviously a lot of people had, and as you know, as that analysis we touched on earlier, had picked out that Woodburn did not have a, a good game at all. I mean, Brannigan said after the game tonight, talking about his penalty, that Woodburn had mentioned to him that Woodburn's penalty hadn't gone where Woodburn had intended it to. And Brannigan was a bit like, oh, I shouldn't really say this, but Woodburn's told me that his, his penalty wasn't where it was intended. Um, and he just got slightly lucky and you just think god imagine if he'd missed that penalty having been brought on as jack said given where he's how he's been playing as well it would have been it would have been poor i thought hansen was um actually quite tidy and um yeah when when he came on um i think we we controlled possession a lot better in the second half not necessarily sort of particularly um aggressive or, or sort of um possession in the right places but i also couldn't i couldn't put my finger on where the Portsmouth dropped off in that second half. They weren't pressing as high. They were just sort of playing the odds a bit more. And um, that I think there was a combination of us being more compact and a bit more sort of trying to play um, a bit more narrower um, as well. But it, it was certainly worth... I think Hansen was a nice surprise to come on in that position. Who, know, who knows? He he might re- um, be key in, in the next yeah. season or so. Ha- Hansen coming on actually kind of tells you that this is just kind of like a brand new season in a way, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It is just a fresh start. And that's why when Woodburn got the nod, you, you heard in the post-match reaction to the first leg that Rosie was saying that when he was chatting to KR, um, KR was saying, well, Woodburn's been probably the standout player in training and in the friendly games we've played. So I'd be I'd be foolish not to put him in. My only, so, my only, yeah. my only counters of that view would be yeah, but does he know the system? And so whilst he might be good in training, has he played 25 games in the reality of the system, not in training? But I think we're quibbling over over small things there. It's I mean, they do enough 11-a-side games, don't they, in training, where KR runs, as we've seen on the BT Sport documentary, KR's running around in the middle shouting expletives at them all um, <laughs> with a whistle in his mouth. You still need the no, variance I, I know of, what you mean. of a live... You still need the variance of a live game with moving parts you don't know but yeah, yeah. We, we really don't need to dwell on this anymore <laughs> um yeah Pompey went first didn't they with the pens Marcus stepped up took his it's something horrible isn't there when they got their first three and every single one of them when we were walking up I was just like no and I was just playing it out and every time I played it out it was bad 
It was just, I had the pillow to my face. It was horrible. Um, eventually, when they missed, it was, how do you say his name? McGeehan. Um, yeah, pretty yeah. tidy player, awful haircut. <laughs> kind of looks like Rob Dickey, who's gone and found himself on a gap year holiday. Just a little <laughs> bit different. <laughs> I really didn't like him stuff. either. He was a bit of a a bit of a character, wasn't he? I think he was moaning and grumbling and sort of thing. all through yeah. the game. Yeah, like a toddler, yeah. wasn't he? And Eastwood went down to his right for the first three. Both the first two were completely the other side. I think Brown whacked his right in the middle of the goal. And to be fair to Eastwood, I think I used to do this on FIFA when I was like 15. I used to just dive the same way every time. And eventually the odds are, you know, one's going to pick that way because they're going to be, it's like a mind game, isn't it? Because if you're a player, yeah. you're going, you can't just fucking dive that way every time. So there you he go. did. He, like I say, he dived that, that way every time, didn't he? You just reminded me of that moment when Eastwood um, hammered it against um, Hawkins. <laughs> that was, oh, that oh, was God. God. Oh, God. <laughs> Talk about heart in the mouth moment. That was it, wasn't it? That ball could have gone anywhere. That was absolutely horrendous when that happened. Just, uh, to, just yeah, just very quickly. Um, the Wickham game's finished. It's finished two all, so it's going to be Oxford versus Wickham. Oh my god! So it's confirmed. Bre- break, breaking the, news, that Connor. Yeah, yeah, breaking news. Wickham scored on the ninety-fourth minute as well. So um, nice. Two all. So the, there it is. The, the, the chap that um, scored their goal, I am, how do you say it? Oni, Oni on Yedema on or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he looked pretty tidy and he will give our fullbacks a torrid time, I would think. Yeah. I Just but not to get too worried about that. Yeah. yeah I, can't, I can't wait now for all the media hype about a local derby at Wembley. No. Oh, God, no, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> God, I can't. It is it is crazy that we're playing them. Um, we all thought it'd be, you know, I think most people would have suggested it would be the other way, wouldn't it? Fleetwood and Pompey, but here we are. Here we um, are exactly. I, I like the idea of a one-off, a two-legged against Wickham. I wouldn't have liked. And I think we both said that in previous pods, but a one-off against Wickham, if we set up in the right way and get get going, I think we can have some degree of confidence he says <laughs> it's just that though isn't it it's getting going like jack what what you've said this before haven't you about in a having a one just one game against them we'll probably be able to do a job but where how do you think we'll play do you think we're going to get the time and the space to play football because well, we really struggled against pompey to kind of actually play our game yeah, over two two legs i've just had a look when we beat wickham uh, at home in the season when henry scored we started with Mackie up front and Massinho at the back. Um, Mackie played about 70 minutes and then Taylor came on. Um, and there's going to be a few little subplots because obviously Akin Fenwa got sent off um, yeah. Moose with a little bit of gamesmanship. We had to take Gorin off at half-time because he'd got booked and they were trying to get him sent off. And obviously Ainsworth likes just winding opposition up anyway. And I think I said earlier... Ainsworth would absolutely love to beat us at Wembley. Like, I, I he always bigs up this game as you know the the, the big local derby for them. Um, so well, I really hope we approach this properly. And I've already seen a few fan comments which just say, "Oh, it's only Wickham," and I just think, "Oh, let's not take that approach because I'd hate for this time next Monday it being rammed back down our throats, kind of thing." So, what oh what, what is going to be helpful? Potentially, in a, in a another angle to it is that 
the wider media seems to be sort of writing a story all about Wickham and how yeah, they've got a small budget and Gareth Ainsworth is, you know, he's quite charismatic and he's got that look about him that's not sort of stereotypical footballer. It's kind of like that sort of metal kind of look. And um, <laughs> they're, they're sort of, they're, they're very much spinning this thing about Wickham have been, have got the lowest budget. They've, they're, every, they're hated by everyone because of the PPG decision. They were on the downfall and now, and he's, building that siege mentality we've seen it time and time again I think all that sort of you know we're now in some ways probably still the favourite but we're not sort of the well focus, Oxford should should yeah. should we're not the focus and there, should, there won't be a narrative of Oxford should do this and Wickham are an upset so I think that'll play against against them and I don't think you'll be able to stir up any any particular mind games and we just need to do what um, Chris Wally used to do very well which is just ignore it yeah I, they look I, I watched the most of the first half of their game that's obviously just been going on. They 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 do look decent. They're not complete, you know, they do get um labeled as kind of being long ball a bit brutish and whatever. They they play some decent football and their ability to kind of transition um and counter is actually pretty impressive and yeah, I, I is it's going to be a decent game. I just hope it can be a footballing game and if it is a footballing game, I think you know we've got a really really good shot. It's just what what are they going to do? I, I'm convinced Ainsworth's going to rock up with his band, um, <laughs> put some wax some light mascara on. Um, <laughs> I don't know. He'll probably yeah, he'll probably plug his death metal vibes. <laughs> he'll wear his leather jacket again, will he? Absolutely. I think he was wearing it today, wasn't he? Again. I think he's a bit more punky than a death metal. But, Is he? Um, okay. We need. Um, I think our challenge is what's our sort of plan B to a degree. If we can't get the lovely passing going and we can't get the centre-backs playing the ball through the lines, what do we do? And as you say, James, Wickham can do a bit of everything and that's where the problem's going to be. If we get a goal, get one and start playing our football, then in theory, yeah, Mm. see you later. But if we can't, it'll be like Portsmouth, but with a team that's probably more more capable and more able just to sort of knock us over. Yeah. You gotta worry about Jacobson and then the kind of the tall fellas they've got on that yeah. delivery. But then again, Pompey did have that in the locker as well. They had a lot of huge, you know, Burgess, they'd Curtis for the d- delivery and he was he was off today and that can happen. But Ben, what are you Ben, what are you thinking in terms of how confident are you feeling? Um ooh, tough question now. I th- I do feel confident, but we've we've re- like Jack says, we've really got to take them seriously. I think it will be won or lost on the wings. We need to be much tighter uh, closing down their players on the wings. Again, today there was plenty of occasions where the Pompey winger had a lot of space to either get a touch and get the ball ahead of him or get a ball crossed in. I think we could win it on their wingers being so far up the pitch if we can counter past them, particularly if someone like Brown's running down the wing, that could be our best chance. Um, I, I, I also think it wouldn't surprise me if Mackie starts. Despite, yeah. despite everything today, I think Taylor from the bench and, and Adji from the bench is such a threat. But we we can't be in a position where we're 2-0 down and bringing them on. Yeah. And we can't almost say, oh, we'll just wait till 60 minutes in to bring them on. Um, but That's the thing. That's the thing that worries me a bit is if we did take that approach, I feel like it's more likely to be nil-nil going into like 60, 70 minutes. And... I'd rather that we go out and similar to how we have done this season, try and take the the game to teams in the first half and get three 0 up by half time. That'd be nice, cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think the game, the game, both these these two legs 
would have been so different if we hadn't equalised within five minutes or so. I think they would have found yeah, exa- exactly, quite quickly. Yeah. And you know, in the second half today, they didn't press as high because the game was different at one all. If they're one nil up, I think they would have sat back a lot deeper, tried to slow the game down, control it more, and we may have struggled then and been caught on the break or something similar to that. So I agree completely. We need to be on the front foot as, as early as possible. Yeah, the Pompey um, Radio Solent guy, who's like the Jerome equivalent, was was saying in the build-up to, I think, the first game that um, Pompey had made, got a lot better at not conceding those late goals and getting 1-0 up and then keeping 1-0 up. They don't score a whole bunch, but they started to become a bit more resolute at the back. So, yeah, we I think there's a bit of luck in what happened today, getting that early equaliser and then being able to kind of... The game was then just kind of meandering slowly to that to penalties, extra time and then penalties. But, oh God, it's horrible, isn't it? I, don't, I, don't, I honestly don't know how to feel. I, what, what I did notice today is that, Connor, we were saying when we were watching the game, James Henry was taking quite a lot more pot shots than he, I think he would be doing if Matty Taylor was playing in the middle with him. Do you think that's yeah. fair? Yeah, he took quite a few, didn't he, from, from the edge of the box? Well, actually, no, it was a bit further out than the edge of the box, wasn't it? I think, like you said, they really were pop shots. Um, I, wonder on, I wonder whether or not he was actually you know, instructed to take more shots. Um, I mean, I do fancy Henry with a, with a long shot. You, we've seen him score quite a few decent goals from outside the box in, in his time with us. But I, I agree with you. I think with, with Matty Taylor on the pitch and, and the movement that he offers in front of him, I think often, uh, and we've seen it numerous times this season, that Henry and Taylor, their link-up play is fantastic. So I think with obviously with that partnership on the pitch, whether that is, like Ben's obviously mentioned, later on in the game, um, if Taylor is a not fit or b that you know we don't start with him, um, we'll have to wait and see. But again, that partnership is is so strong, and I still imagine it is still strong now. I mean, obviously we didn't quite see it so much today because Taylor wasn't on the pitch yeah. for so long. But I think you know th- those two on their day, those two are you know some of some of the best players in the league, and they could easily play in the championship with, with their their quality. Um, It's a a big pitch at Wickham though, isn't it? It is. I'm hoping that really plays plays to our advantage as well. Yeah. I mean, I'm personally, I'm very nervous about the final. I mean, obviously I'm not nervous about the final, but I I think Wickham, I think over the two legs, I mean, I say I watched the first half of uh, today's game and I also watched the full game uh, on Friday and Wickham look very strong. And I think if we play the way we have in the last two legs, I think they'll roll us over, to be honest, because I think we need to step our game up because I don't think we've played particularly well across both legs um, compared to other performances this season. And, you know, there's many a reason why that might be the case, particularly with obviously the, the whole lockdown I, situation. I just don't know if we know that, that it's... I don't think any of us could work out whether it was both teams nullifying each other, us playing badly or Pompey playing well. Or just all of things muddled together. Yeah, I mean, like, the, the, yeah. Today's like today's leg was certainly more of an entertaining game than the first leg, and I think we did play better today. Uh, I think certainly individuals played better today. I mean, like we say, you know, pick out Long for example, and I think Dicky had a fantastic game today as well um, at the back. Uh, and obviously yeah. going going forward, I think, again, what Jack said earlier, I think Dan Adji was absolutely fantastic when he came on today. I mean. Really yeah, he was very direct. Changed wasn't dynamic. He? Yeah, he did. He, he he put Portsmouth on the back foot a few times, and it kind of shakes opposition players when you've got someone like him on the pitch who's so direct. And um, yeah, he changed the game for me today. I think when he came on, 
And again, like Hansen also had a good game, which is nice to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, right, yeah, yeah, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. He, he does that. nothing more than like drops the shoulder at times. That's that's the thing. Yeah, and Mackie does offers a different thing, but um, actually certainly does that. I think the thing to mention about the the final is it it's not a 2010 conference type scenario where we need to we need to win. But Jack and I were kicking around something earlier about how how actually it is a really potentially good time to go up into the championship. And my argument is that in terms of the fact that football is about to reset, there's going to be a lot of players available for transfer. They won't be asking as much money. We could go up and sign a few decent players, retain some of the ones we've got. And actually playing playing ability versus finances could be a big thing in the championship yeah. next year. Plus yeah. you get the revenue, mm-hmm. all those sorts of things. And you don't... and fans in the stadium are not as much of a chunk of your revenue. Therefore, you need to worry about that less if we can't all get back into games relatively soon. And Jack, you were talking about how in, in terms of League One, and I think you touched on it, James, as well, it could be an absolute um, hailstorm of in terms of competitiveness with the various teams that are either going to come down or be there as already. We were looking at that. It's like, yeah, Peterborough, Sunderland, Ipswich, Fleetwood, Pompey, and then you've got anyone from, well, any three from Stoke, Charlton, Huddersfield, Hull, Middlesbrough, Barnsby, Barnsley, Luton, and then potentially Birmingham could get sucked into it. So you've got to take three from there, added it to the the five that I mentioned from League One already. And that's nuts. I, it's, I feel like it's going to be a harder job to get promoted out of League One than it is to try and stay in the championship. But I know that sounds weird, but I, I honestly think that's going to be the case. So you're right. I think it is huge to go up and... Well, we talk, Finances probably will play we, We've part. talked about building to you know the sort of the Brentford Brighton model, but I've seen countless teams and players talk about how you can survive in the championship with team spirit and a few of the right players. And we probably will lose Dickey and Brannigan regardless of what happens if we if we're up or down. But there's got to be a case for saying there's going to be a lot of players that we can pick up on to to to, to strengthen our squad. So I, I think there's there's certainly a a flip side to this. I don't I don't buy the whole we're going to overexpose ourselves in the championship. Yes, we don't own the stadium still and that's not going to resolve itself. But I think the whole world's going to change from a footballing perspective. Yeah, I like I like the way you're looking at that though. So maybe this is it does, I guess that adds a little bit more pressure. Yeah, so yeah that was <laughs> kind of that was my conclusion. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of this game is not a free as much of a free hit <laughs> as it suddenly was, once was. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It'd be interesting to see what every you know how TV rights and the how the money's distributed changes as well, and whether they have to go and modify some of the existing kind of deals that they they've got with the broadcasters in terms of the EFL and whatever. But I I don't know how privy any of us are going to be to that information for a while. But we'll have to see. Um, just quickly back to the to the lineup, Jack. I'm going to ask you terrifying question if you what would you do to the lineup if you had to pick it uh i'd start the same 11 you started today i'd start okay. i'd start mackie just to absorb some of the the physical <laughs> absorb of some of akin fenworth <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah and i'd yeah i'd as i think ben said adji and taylor is a double substitution kind of on the hour or a bit later presuming we're in the game or on top is a pretty terrifying thought for most teams so yeah i'd, I'd start the same as today 
any any advances on that from anyone else or happy with that my only change would be taylor from today but otherwise yeah i'm there i'm the same as you james i'd start taylor if he's uh fitter in a week's time yeah okay um still keep sykesy in there obviously shocker (laughs) (laughs) i do think i honestly think we've got to sort that that it didn't feel right in midfield today or over both games so it is going to be interesting i I guess they'll be looking at that they study all kinds of all kinds of video footage don't they but yeah i think we said that didn't we we said during the game that we we thought that sykes and henry today were kind of operating in similar spaces and getting in the way of each other a little bit um I think part of that was a reaction to our performance. It was uh, Henry tries, I think he comes and tries to get the ball to start influencing. And then as a result, kind of the shape goes to goes to pop for a bit. It's, it's at times you can't work out what on earth's going on yeah. until sort of yeah. we start stringing three passes together. I just hope that we've got a week to build up that extra little bit of fitness and we see more of those kind of progressive runs from deep. You know, like how we saw Marcus Brown when he played in that central role doing it. We've seen Sykes do it. We've seen Brannigan do it. And it's that not one time really in today's game did we see a run from kind of the centre of the pitch through midfield and then picking out a pass. So that is that type of thing. But again, maybe it's how Pompey kind of nullified the, the threat, as it were. But anyway, the final is next Monday, 7.30pm. What a crap time to have it. Um <laughs> Where are we going to? How do we? How are people going to watch it? I saw someone. I forget who it was on Twitter. Apologies, I should have taken the guy's name. But he was saying, "Can we start a campaign for starting like a outdoor cinema screen type thing somewhere?" I think it was um, Richard Walker. I think was his name. Richard Walker. I think that's a great shout. I think they should also do that in Yorkshire, maybe in Leeds or York <laughs> or somewhere like that. We should have a, a second screen. Um, but yeah, what 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 are we going to do, chaps? Are people going to watch it at home? People going to go to the pub? All these dilemmas. Who I'll knows? I'll be watching at home with, with my dad and probably one of my mates. Oh, just doesn't feel right, does it? it that, no, it's starting to set it in. It's, it's quite hot. It's pretty horrible. I think we it's, need, it's, we need yeah. a real life Zoom call, i.e. watching it in, in person. Real, real life, yeah. Yeah I, yeah, I can't watch that on my own. The stress will just be too much. I'll need to talk to people and yeah, I just you're right. The more I think about it, we'd 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 all be there this time next week if we could be. Yeah, well, of course. And yeah, it's just. Also, it would be. I, I mean, watching the League Two playoff final, it just was so sad to see Wembley empty and those players potentially the biggest game of their career just didn't quite have that edge it should do. I wonder how much that'll influence the game as well. Well, I was gonna yeah. I was gonna say that because obviously. A lot was made in 2010 of us having 35,000 and York having 9,000. Probably wouldn't be quite the disparity with Wickham, but I doubt they'd have much beyond 20,000, if that much. So the kind of crowd element is level playing field next week, for sure. Yeah, for Mm. sure. Oh, well, Um, we'll have to just get on with it. I wonder if the club will try and do anything um, interesting, creative, to try and um, fill spaces. I wonder how many cardboard cutouts we can buy as a fan base. Maybe not quite enough. <laughs> Probably not 16,000. Um, yeah, I don't think we'll do another pod until after the game, and that makes me scared. It makes me feel like we should just do one in between to reduce yeah. take the nerves out. The nerves. Yeah, but we haven't got anything else to talk about, really, unless there's well, some the... dramatic team news or whatever, but we'll have to see. Okay, right. 
nice one peeps as always cheers for listening and hopefully we're going to have one more podcast this season and it's going to be a celebratory one maybe we'll see let's see if we can get all the bbc oxford guys back on if we do well to celebrate the season so I'm going to preemptively say that and then I'm making myself nervous by doing that. But <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, right. Cheers for listening. And um, come on, you yellows. Connor, do you want to sing a song about Wembley on your own? Okay, <sighs> sirrah, sirrah. Whatever we'll be, we'll be, we'll be. We're going to Wembley. Okay, sirrah, sirrah. But I will just say, Enjoy the next week. Don't worry about it too much. And then we can all shit ourselves with nerves on the day. Until then, just enjoy it. <laughs> bask, in the, bask in the wind.